0: Friday, everyone, welcome to the VolQuest.com mailbag podcast brought to you by Blue Water Climate Control. Glad to have you along with us. Be sure and check out Blue Water Climate Control at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com or you can check them out on Twitter at blueh20 underscore climate with Rob Lewis and Austin Price. I'm Brent Hubbs. Glad to have you along with us. Before we jump into questions, both of you guys had a chance to hear from uh, Derek Ansley and Jim Cheney on Thursday. We talked to a couple players. I know everybody's talked to as many people as they can over there. Uh, Austin, I'll start with you. Give me your assessment of this Tennessee team, uh, six practices in or seven practices in at this point. What do you think?
1: Well, I think that they, they like where they're at, you know, but they also very cognizant and you know, making to point out, like, we still have a long way to go. You know, different season, different team, which means different leaders. You know, I mean, sure, Tennessee won seven of eight last year to close. They won the last six. All the momentum in the world is on their side. They've had a great offseason of recruiting and, and and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, this this team is not last year's team. You know, there is no Nigel Warrior on the back end. There is no Jawan Jennings. There is no Marquis Callaway, no Daniel Batuli, no Daryl Taylor. Um, so they've got to find players to step up into those roles. And, you know, you assume that you found guys, but, you know, you don't know till the real bullets fly. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, when we went into the 2017 season – everybody felt like there was going to be people who step up with the loss of Josh Dobbs and, 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 and all of that class. And they didn't. So we'll see how they step up. They get tested right out of the gate at South Carolina, but from, you know, transitioning from one year to the next, there's a lot of hope on this team that their,
0: their leaders will emerge. You know, Rob, it was interesting. Jim Cheney was obviously asked a ton of questions about Jerry hope what you would expect Uh, considering he gets, you know, one media opportunity a year, maybe two, depending on how things go. Uh, But he he, he seemed more confident, I think, in Jared. And and not just – this conversation about Jared on Thursday wasn't about, well, he's a good, tough kid. There was a little bit more about Jared the quarterback, Jared the football player, and and some real expectations from Jim that maybe you didn't hear last spring or or last – Fall when he talked at fall camp, didn't you
2: think? I I thought so, Hubbard, And I, I I, this is what this is what I thought, and what it sounded like to me is I I vividly remember last fall Jim talking about Jared, and you know then hunkering down in in his office and you know getting to know the guy, and it it just seemed I don't want to forced is probably too strong a word, but it seemed like he was trying to you know put an image out there about Jared, you know trying to you know build him up a little bit. I thought today it was just very comfortable, very easy, the way he talked about him. Like, it wasn't – he wasn't trying to construct, you know, a, an image. I mean, he was, he was speaking about a kid that he knew that he's coached and that he, you know, ha- had confidence in. is, is kind of what I took away from it. Whereas last year it was like, I like the guy. As you said, he, he's a tough kid. You know, we're building a relationship. And today it seemed like, you know, this is a guy I know – and this is a guy that I trust. Yep. And both
0: those guys, I mean, Derek Hansley talked a lot about the depth in the back end that he had that would have to carry his defense this year. And then, uh Chaney was very, very gushing as everybody heard on, on Thursday about, uh, Eric Gray and, and Ty Chandler. I, I thought that was as, that's as glowing as Jim Chaney will get about anybody when, when the, the way he gushed about those two guys.
1: Well, a couple of people I've talked to, and they're not Jay Graham. So I know everybody knows that I know Jay pretty well. They're not Jay Graham because Jay don't talk about himself. But a couple people I've talked to around the program or on staff have mentioned that the improvement on little things, like having your eyes straight ahead when you take the hand off instead of looking down at your hands trying to make sure you get the hand off. Little things like that have made a big difference in both those kids
0: going into this season. Yep, going to be fun to watch those guys uh, and and how Jim Chaney uses them in different ways and and how that kind of goes about. Uh, So uh, plenty of that discussion on the message board and and plenty of content that we've generated from our conversations with those two guys. And now we'll kind of get into some of you guys' questions and uh, jump into what's on everybody's mind today. We'll start uh, uh, first with uh, can we get a detailed explanation of what's going on with D'Angelo Gibbs is it the fact that he's not followed the rules Pruitt and staff put forth to the team? Does he not want to play, opt out, or is he not living up to his scout team hype? Uh, don't believe it's that one the, the, the question says. Look, look, D'Angelo Gibbs has done nothing wrong from a behavior standpoint. Uh, he's not Jeremy Pruitt's doghouse. He's, he's not, not lived up to the rules and the expectations out there. I'm not going to get into D'Angelo's personal life and and family situations and things that he's been through the last few months and the decisions all these kids are having to make and and think about uh, the influences they get from different people, whether you should play or you shouldn't play. I don't know what D'Angelo Gibbs' status is with this football team right now. I'm not sure, Austin, D'Angelo knows exactly what his status is because I think he's been kind of all over the map on whether, you know, where things are, whether he's going to play, whether he's not going to play, and how he manages everything in, in life right now. And so until Jeremy Pruitt makes a comment about that, I'm not going to get into any specifics other than to say right now he's not in the top rotation for Tennessee at the wide receiver position. And, and, and you know, there, there are plenty of guys who are going to be playing uh, ahead of him, whatever D'Angelo Gibbs decides to do at this point in time.
1: Yeah, at the end of the day, we can play dumb and say, "Oh, well, I don't know." I don't, but if, but you know, if if we say, "Hey, D'Angelo Gibbs is not going to play this year," and then he decides to play, then everybody's going to go, "Well, so you were wrong." So like, you're in a catch twenty two, no one situation. So like, I get everybody wants like this clarity. We we give you the clarity that again. Most of you know how to read between the lines. The angel Gibbs right now is not a factor. Does he become one? I guess that's up to him. But at this point, you know, I don't expect him to see him catching balls out
0: there this fall. All right, let's go to uh, TGX. Over and under on point five guys we currently expect to be in the two deep, opt out for the season. Same thing. Don't know. These guys are going through this every day, okay? Rob, If if a guy plans to play and he calls home and – Uh, He finds out a family member's in the hospital and uh, is on a ventilator, you know, when things aren't going particularly well. Their their thought process on the virus certainly changes at that point if something like that were to happen. So, again, I I think everybody wants percentages. They want all this, you know, black and white answer, you know, true clarity right now. These kids are wrestling with stuff every day. Look at the kid at
1: Vanderbilt. The kid at Vanderbilt opted out, made the announcement. He's gone until he wasn't and then he came back and so you know same thing here i mean you don't think kids on this campus have pondered you know Man, is it really okay is it really worth it to play look at look you got the heart thing that's out there you got my you know my grandmother you know i don't want to potentially bring anything back to my family i mean like people worry about all these things and all these concerns are valid but my point is, is like you know, every day they they go they, you know up and down it's like recruiting it's fluid so like right now i would say that the over under a 0.5 would be over just based on the people i've talked to but to this point no one has opted out officially so thus it's under and so i just have a hard time thinking that you know at some point tennessee doesn't lose a player or two much like every school in the sec is likely to lose a
2: player or two for the year or and, longer and and adding to it there's no repercussions because you're not losing a year of eligibility. I mean, if you're a sophomore, you don't like the way, you know, your, your mom calls and she's worried about how things are. You know, she she, checked, she logs into the, you know, UT COVID page and sees that there's 250 cases a day. She's like, you know, you need to come home right now. Come back next year and you're still a sophomore.
1: You, you, and you do what your mama tells you to do.
2: <clears throat> exactly. By all right. the this, way,
1: you, you all can't see at home because this is obviously just an audio podcast. Yeah but rob is in his basement and for the first time ever the light is behind him so you can kind of see like it's backlit
2: it's the weather channel man there's a hurricane Come on,
1: point point is is i'm just waiting on rob to go ma
2: milo
0: (laughs) (laughs) hurricane ad jim Cantori's on the beach man all right let's go to deshaun 13 which position group on each side of the ball makes the biggest improvement this year I'm going to say running backs, just from a just from a productive standpoint. I think they'll be more consistent. Um, it's where I would go offensively. Quarterback would be a close second for me in that pick. Uh, and then on the defensive side of the ball, um, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I, I maybe at corner. I think they got some competition there. Those guys are a year better. Maybe corner's a position that that that's you know, makes a jump this, this year compared to last year. I think I think the defense will be better overall, but I don't know that one's just going to – on that side of the ball is going to be, you know, just vastly, vastly
2: improved from where they finished a year ago. I mean, I, I just want – I mean, jump on, jumping on the corner thing, I know I asked Derek Ansley on, on Thursday about, you know, what a luxury it was to have two experienced corners in Elante and Bryce, and he was real quick to throw Kenneth George in there, you know, as somebody who's – you know he's going to play. who's a good player. who he he, he trusts uh, offense. I'll go offensive line. I mean, we, just because of the experience, and we talk about how I many. I mean, I mean, how good they were last. I mean, not necessarily how good they were last year, but how many guys who, who played have starting experience. They still didn't average four yards and carry for the year, but they, I mean, they got better as the year went on. I, I I think that will be like the the strength of the offense, hands down. And, and along with you know two running backs that played a lot
0: all right let's go to vol 6868 do we austin do we get at least one of tid uh green mems or mundan yes <clears throat> was that a, was that a sheeplessly yes or was that with a conviction yes ap there were no hand gestures for everybody <laughs> listening no yes. hand gestures Tennessee
1: will land one of those four kids.
0: All right. Let's go to uh, Volgrad09. We'll all four. Oh, three-pack of – you sure. sent them over the top. Three-pack of sure. fo- uh, basketball questions for Rob Lewis. All right, here we go, Rob. Best comparison for Kennedy Chandler. I've heard he's a Chris Paul. What's the best comparison for Keon Johnson? Heard he's a taller Ja Morant. And is E.J. Anisiki going to be the new Jerron Mayman, Rob Lewis? <laughs>
2: I, I hate, like, comparing kids to other kids. I mean, certainly NBA all-stars. Um, I, think, I mean, Kenny Chandler is – I mean, this is – I'm not saying he's Chris Paul. He's a better athlete than Chris Paul. Like, as far as, you know, take it down the lane, dunk on you type guy. That you know, Chris Paul is not that dude. Um, I just – I mean, K- Kennedy has that kind of talent. I was fortunate enough to see Chris play a lot. Um when he was a high school player because working with Bob Gibbons, who's based out of North Carolina back in the day. And, and I, it's, I mean, it sounds crazy, but Kennedy is, is that kind of talent. He's, he's, he's as good at high school as Chris Paul was in high school. Now, will he develop and be that guy? I don't know, but that's, I don't know that Kennedy sees everything around him like Chris Paul did does, but he's, he's a better athlete and is in the same category as as a point guard, as a high school player. I just look um, at him and see T.J. Ford. Yeah, I think he's a better point guard than T.J. Ford as far as, like, getting people involved. Involved. Invol- I mean, I, I mean, I think T.J. Ford was a sick, ridiculous, fast athlete. And, and Kennedy is, is like that to some degree. But I always – always, I never thought T.J. was – and I didn't see T.J. Ford play at high school, you know, a, a ton. I saw him at, a, at a, like, an all-star camp or two. But he just seemed to me like he, he was just so much faster than everybody. It was, was his biggest strength. Um, I'll move on to Keon. I would compare Keon as opposed to a bigger John Morant as a smaller Kawhi Leonard is what I would say. Woo! He is. A, a, I think he's an exceptional wing player, a, an exceptional two-way player, I mean, a great, great, great defensive player and has a high, high motor. And, again, I, I've written this in the war room, talked about it on the board. I, I've talked to some people on campus who are generally really, really tough in, in their assessments of players, and I've never heard people talk about any basketball player the way they're talking about Keon right now. And to move on down, I, I, again, I said I hate comparisons, but I like the E.J. anisiki Jerron Maven comparison. I don't know that – I mean, I don't think E.J.'s going to score 38 points in a game. In fact, I know he's not like Jerron did against Memphis in, in that Maui game several years ago, but I can see him getting twenty rebounds in a game. If he uh you know, if he play if he played thirty minutes, thirty or thirty-two minutes. I don't think he's ever gonna play that much. He's gonna back up Eve, he's gonna back up Fulkerson. But yeah, I think he's Jerron Mayman-esque, but not quite as good offensively before Jerron's knee problems. All right, let's go to KB E five.
0: For uh, all you military people out there, in honor of the old S P stock report, stock up or stock down on the defense improving even more this year, Austin Price? Stock report's your, your baby. You got the defense up or down?
1: I'm going up. I think that that, that while the loss of Daniel Batuli maybe felt early, I think by three, four games in, I think that linebacker units will be better than everybody thinks. Defensive line, I think, will be better. I'm not sure that any of them are just world beaters, but I think that it will be better. And
0: then I do think the back end potentially has uh, the most excitement in it. I I think stock up. I think it's a disappointment if this defense is not better, given all the parts that they're bringing back, particularly in the back end when you want to build with your secondary first, particularly at the corner position. Volunteered 87. I know you'll have to speculate on a lot of inputs to answer this question, but over under our push on how many SEC head coaches return as a head coach at the school for the 21 season. The line is set at 13 and you're getting run out of town and you get one last burger in Knoxville. Where are you getting that hamburger from? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, this is the guy's second question. All right. Hey, that reminds me of uh, Peter Simeone who used to work at channel eight. and He had never Austin, been on ball
1: quest before.
0: Austin's stopping at Wendy's for his burger on the way out of town. By no, <laughs> I,
1: I, I would go to stock and barrel or I'd get a Nick and Jay's.
2: Um, I, Stock and barrels a strong choice, but I wouldn't want yeah. to wait thirty minutes to get that burger if I was heading out
1: of town. Yeah, so thus I'd go to Nick and Jay's. Um, uh, I, I know it's cliche,
2: but Hover Littons hard to beat. Shout yeah, out to Barry Litton.
0: Uh, and, and if I'm going, if I'm going out of town on the east end, I'm going to, I'm going to Littons. I'm going to Salmon and andys, or I'm going to the Chow Hall. Okay, Chow Hall
1: very underrated,
0: very, very underrated Hamburger. If I'm going out of town west, and I'm getting run out of town, I'm going to stop at Nick and Jay's. And if i just got to leave the city limits, I might go to stock and barrel and wait my 30 minutes and hope nobody sees me for a bit. All right, let's get to his football question, not his hamburger question here. Over and under on the line set at 13 in terms of coaches returning. Let, let's, let's cut it down this way. I'm going to ask this question. Is, is Vanderbilt or South Carolina going to make a coaching change at the end of this, at the end of this football season? I mean, Derek Van- Mason real
2: must in. I think Vanderbilt does. Really? I mean, I'm surprised. I don't think anybody's getting fired just because of the, just because of the virus.
1: I, and I think it depends on what kind of your Muschamp has. I mean, if Muschamp goes four and six, five and five, he's back. If he does even less than that, especially two and eight,
0: well, he's not going five and five. <laughs> I, I, think, I think with a double digit buyout for Will Muschamp in a year where you're going to lose thirty to forty million dollars in your stands, I think Will Muschamp makes it another year. I think Derek Mason might leave on his own at Vanderbilt because if you're Derek Mason, aren't you wondering what your commitment level is to your sport, sure. at Vanderbilt, right now? But I think it, there'll be one. It may be somebody leaving on their
2: own, but I do think there'll be one coaching change. Uh, I, mean, and I I think it'll have to be. If they, I think if they leave, I think it'll have to be if they leave on their own. I don't see anybody paying a buyout this year with as much really money hard. as they're losing.
0: I don't know exactly what Mason's buyout is because that's a private school at Vanderbilt, so you can't get that contract. And they
2: want not to pay a sports information department?
0: I know. Well, maybe they go hire somebody at the rec center and coach their football team. You never know. Uh, Logan Bartlett wants to know, obviously early on at this time last year, we were starting to uh, get a sense that, that Tennessee had really hit on Henry, Henry T, and there was excitement about Juan J. Morris. Uh, anyone you'd confidently put in the, hey, they've hit on him as a freshman. Hyatt, T. Hodge, I I think the Jalen Hyatt thing is pretty obvious uh, where the coaches are with that. Also, I thought you asked Jim a great question on Thursday about, hey, how do you get those freshmen incorporated? I thought his answer was very clear. We're going to teach it all to them right now, and we get about 10 days out from the game, and we get a game plan in, then we're going to make sure that they know the handful of plays I've got for them in, which is why you'll see Jalen Hyatt early, and I think he's clearly a hit for Tennessee in this recruiting class.
1: Yeah, I mean, he says T. Hodge. I'm not necessarily saying T's a hit. I just think T right now is the third best option because they are not deep at tailback at all. I mean, they're an Eric Gray or a or a, you know, Ty Chandler, you know, turned ankle from being in real trouble at that spot, you know. Um, but you know, as far as freshmen in this class, you know, I think they feel good about both Keyshawn Lawrence and Denico Slaughter. I think they feel really good about Morbin Joseph. And then on the offensive side, Hyatt is a guy that, that has that has definitely flashed, and Malachi Weidman. Uh, and, really, they like all those receivers. So, um, you know, to, to this point, I think, you know, is, is it what that class was last year when you had Q, Wanye, Darnell, Henry, Eric Gray. I mean, you could roll right down a bunch of these kids that are now sophomores and, you know, Know that they're going to have a hand in Tennessee's success or lack of, or or big time success this year, whatever you know, however the season goes. So, um, you know, I'm not sure it, it's like that, but they don't have to be when you've got older guys now. So, you know, who can sprinkle in?
2: My favorite part about AP's question, however, was that it led to Jim Cheney giving to Rick Rogers a shout out.
0: <laughs> Little day, Rick Rogers note in there, but he, I, Jim, did a great job that year with with two freshman receivers and a freshman quarterback by the end of the season, they were winging that thing all over the yard. And, and <laughs> CP let's not forget CP 84. Sadly, he did not throw a, a Nash Nance shot out
2: there. <laughs> he did that, not. Was, that but, was a disappointment,
0: but, but he, he did, he did throw a Derrick Rogers, which was significant. That, I mean, that was kind of like giving a Nash Nance uh shout out at that point in time as well. Um, all right, Peyton for president, uh, rudest family you've ever dealt with in recruiting nicest family you've ever dealt with in recruiting i'm not going to get into families because i don't deal with a lot of families talk to kids brady james one of the rudest guys I've ever dealt with in the recruiting process can't, we, can't give, we can't give chris lee's dad a shout out everybody knows everybody knows um my, my randy Moss story uh in terms of nicest i mean you know I, there's a ton of the ton there's of a, guys, lot. a lot of people not josh
2: McNeil's family is, is on my short list
0: yeah, they were they super nice people. Uh, the real viper, Kevin Simon's dad was. Cy Simon was great to deal with all the way through in his career as well. A lot of a lot of good people out there to deal with. Uh, Uncle Austin's got like, I mean, you got family portraits hanging in the wall back there of all the guys you've covered there. AP.
2: I I, I, I like the one people they, people can't see it, but the one where Austin's in the middle of of Cooper and Kane with his arms around both their both their necks. I, I love that picture. Was that when they were playing at John
0: Tarleton? I mean, I can't remember how old those kids were at that point in time. It? It's
1: only funny. Hey, by the way, Hubs, I'm reporting you, you, you you made a political reference there when you referenced that guy's handle, Peyton for president.
0: Oh, okay. We can't get political, Hubs. <laughs> All right, let's go, to, let's go to Charlie Work. That's the best you got after the Cade Mays photos on the wall with Cooper. Uh, Charlie Work wants to know if the SEC Big 12 at ACC successfully play this year, is Kevin Warren out the door in the Big Ten? What do you make of the rankings drop for all seven Tennessee commits in the Rivals 100? Uh, When will Ty Simpson commit somewhere? I'll I'll take all three of these. All right, Uh, you got them. I I
1: say yes, he's on uh, super thin ice if they don't play. I don't know if they get rid of him, but I think at that point he has no uh, leeway. Uh, The seven guys that dropped, uh, we don't control the rankings. Uh, You know, the way I look at it is this. Did anybody lose a star? The answer is No. I, do you think any of those kids at the end of the day, look, unless they're a top 50 player, do you think any of them look at it and go, man, I'm 120 now instead of 70? I don't think they do. Are they a three-star? Are they a four-star? Are they a five-star? I think that's how kids how kids um, view it. Nobody's looking at 5.7 versus 5.8 or 5.8 versus 5.9. Nobody looks at it that way. Nobody. Uh, that You know, as far as kids. So the kids, you know, they look at it if you fall a little bit, but it's not a big deal. Um, and then ty Simpson, that's Tennessee Clemson, Alabama's trying to get in there. I still think it's Tennessee and Clemson um and at that point i I don't think he does anything before the end of his junior year
0: all right what are where are the most interesting position battles on the field, and what are you hearing about those competitions? I think we've talked a little bit about this. I think there's some I think there's more competition in the back end of the defensive backfield in terms of guys who have been starters who may not be completely secure you better not have a bunch of bad days in a row because I think the competition in the back end of the secondary at the star position and the two corner positions is pretty good I think there's pretty solid competition at those at those positions uh, which make make for some interesting battles coming down the stretch I still think Alante and Bryce are going to start but I think Kenneth George is having a good camp I think they love the slaughter kid and Shamberger better not have bad days at the, at the star position because there will be people pushing there as well because they can flex some guys and move them around.
2: I was going to say, in, depending on what happens with Cade, I think, you know, um, Calvert and Darnell Wright at right tackle, I think is a battle. And if Cade – you know, depending on what happens with Cade, can Darnell slide inside? I yeah. Think...
0: And, and right. they've worked him some in there, obviously, but that is a good battle there. On the opposite side of Austin – how big of a battle is this, day Morris, Jameer Johnson at left tackle? I know we're six practices in. Is that legit? Well, more so than I thought it was going to be. Okay, you know, I,
1: you know, I, I think Jameer has kind of been this like forgotten man that has quietly had a really good off season after being kind of the butt of the jokes about him not being able to put on any weight. If you see the the picture he tweeted out the other day, old boy's got a gut on him, and he still looks good. But I mean, like it, you know, it, it he was. He was so trim that, you know, you wouldn't even know he was an offensive lineman had you passed him on campus a year ago. And now looks very much the part physically and the arms looks way better. And uh, we all know he plays with a mean disposition. So if if he's been able to get it together, then, you know, like everybody, you know, has been saying he has Then yeah, I think it's a real uh, competition at left tackle.
0: Yeah. And which is a bit surprising that we'll see how Jameer, if he can stay, locked in consistently for for the whole yeah, camp. I mean, and, and th- how th- his that. biggest
1: problem is he gets real emotional. So like right. if he has a bad day, don't let that turn into two or three bad days.
0: Right. And, and how does he handle if one day he's working first team and the next day he's getting more second team reps. How does he handle being put in those difficult situations? Because I think that's yeah. been a challenge for him since he's been here. All right. Jason SQ eighty five wants to know there are certain prospects, and, and he addresses this to Austin, but I think it applies to any of us. Uh, there are certain prospects that seem to be willing to tell you more behind the scenes than what they're willing to say publicly. Is that due to longstanding relationships you have with certain prospects, or just guys with certain personalities that are willing to share more uh, behind the scenes? I, I think it's all both. about the relationship. Yeah, but I think it's more about the relationship and trust.
1: Yeah, I mean, no doubt. I mean, when you prove you can, you can, you know, get a kid's trust and. Then- he's going to be more willing to share things, you know? And, uh, you know, yeah, there's (laughs) everybody on the board always like you're withholding. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm withholding the things they don't want out that they're willing to kind of give me an, a look at how they think on things. I'm letting out what they can just tell me the the generic static answers, but I'm able to put a little bit extra layer on it without giving their total uh, comments away um, with a lot of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of it's just, you know, it's relationships, but there are times where like a kid just has a talkative personality and, you know, he gives you stuff, you know, he gives everybody stuff, you know, right. I mean, I, you know, again, I think when you, you know, you talk to kids, you know, every kid's different. Some kids want nothing to do with
0: interviews. Some kids want everything to do with interviews. And then they're the kids that are in between. And, you know, Rob, it's interesting. I, I think the other thing in, in this deal and, and, You know, Austin's done a good job of this in football. You've done it for years in basketball. If you can get face-to-face with a kid and you can spend some time sitting on a bleacher after an AAU basketball game talking to a kid, it it gives you an opportunity to develop that trust and to develop a relationship with them that you can get more information uh, and you can get a better insight on where they're going. Maybe it's not a quote. But you have a better feel for things because that, that kid's gonna give you more because he knows you, knows your face, knows who you
2: are. And as old as me and you are, I mean I, I would not only the kids, but the parents. I mean when you when you when you're talking about going to these events or you know, going to these, you know, four four day camps like I I do every summer that's not a covid summer, like at the the NBA camp at that at the University of Virginia. I mean, you get a chance to meet the parents, they get a chance to meet you, they you know, get a feel for your you know, who you are as a person, and it just makes everything easier. And, I mean, certainly AP can speak to this. It's also – you get a much fuller picture when you get the, the sense of what's happened from people on campus as well. You know, when you know parents and when you know people on, on the Tennessee side, you, you just get a much more in-depth picture of the whole thing as opposed to, you know, cold calling a kid and, and getting three or four quotes about his last visit.
0: Right, which are generally about the same after every week whenever he takes those visits and because a lot of those kids have those stock answers because they have to do so many interviews. All right, last question is from Ball Ken. Is J.J. Peterson's move to outside linebacker more because it's the best skill set for him, uh, because the need a linebacker, outside linebacker, are the confidence they have and what they have at inside linebacker? AP, what's, J- what's J.J. Peterson? finding a home, trying to find a home for his athletic skill there you go. Try, trying to simplify it. You don't have to it, – it, it's not as a, uh,
1: heavy a position out there on the edge as it is inside. And so, I think trying to kind of let an athlete be an athlete. And uh, as you said the other day, more
0: ball, hit ball. Yeah. And Derek Ansley saying that J.J. is working still a bit at both, but is focusing more on outside linebacker right now based on everything we've – everything we've heard and everything that we're hearing from people. It's, he's working uh, more at the outside linebacker position, but they'll keep his skills there at inside because if something were to happen, you know, at that inside position, you know, depth-wise, he would have to slide back there probably pretty quick to to be ready to go, um, you know, given their lack of depth in some spots at that inside linebacker position. All right, let me tell you a little bit about our friends at Blue Water Climate Control. One of the smartest things you can do to get your home ready for the high heat and humidity is to get Blue Water Climate Control's $79.99 trouble-free tune-up. This tune-up comes with two unheard-of guarantees. First, they know that if you don't have a thorough, detailed tune-up on your air condition, you're going to waste a lot of money on your energy bills. So if they tune tune up your home system um, and you don't save at least $100 on the summer utility bills, they're going to refund your $79.99. Second, since Blue Water's tune-up can also prevent many costly repairs, if your air conditioner breaks down this summer after you've had the tune-up, the repair is discounted 20%. It's easier than ever to make an appointment. Go to bluewaterclimatecontrol.com, select book online, choose the date and the time slot that works best for you. You can also book repair appointments and AC replacement estimates. Or as always, you can just give them a call at 865 299-2290 299-2290 for all your air conditioning needs. Tennessee continues on the football practice field. We'll continue to talk about it on the Generals' quarters. We'll continue to provide you with any news and notes that we have, stories, little basketball coverage, all kinds of things, a recruiting coverage as well, all kinds of things coming up all weekend long uh, at VolQuest.com. And as we get out today, I left out one question. There's going to be mad, Austin, if I didn't ask this question. Um, Dylan Brooks seems to be talking a little bit more, Auburn on social media. Tennessee okay with Dylan Brooks right now,
1: Austin? As far as I know, I mean I don't see any any problem
2: with, with, with that recruitment at all. I mean Auburn's never came come in and stole somebody from Tennessee. I don't know what people we were worried about. Yeah, I mean well, yeah
1: again, we had I me mean, I don't know I don't think we have to say we had this in the war room. I think this is kind of common sense to me. we mentioned <laughs> it's some, well, at the end of the day, and then that's always my key phrase. At the end of the day, Auburn's not going to go away for Rock Taylor. They're not going to go away for Dylan Brooks. They're not going to go away for Cody Brown. Much like South Carolina it's not going to go away for Tyon Evans. I mean, like, you knew when you landed these kids it was going to be a dogfight to the finish. Most of these kids, I think, have been really, really good. You know, the the one that's kind of quieting down on the whole, you know, Nebraska and all this other stuff is Terrence Lewis, which honestly makes me worry a little bit.
2: <laughs> well, and here's
0: the, thing. Thing. here's the other thing. I mean, kids, if kids can't take visits – how does that change things as that's well? I was gonna. I, I think that's gonna be a fascinating uh, sidebar to, to all of this stuff. But you know, Rob, when you when you get a commitment from a kid, that generally means you just have to recruit him harder, you know. And uh, I think that's the case. In the SEC makes, it does. Yeah.
2: But nobody nobody can officially get a Pat, Pat Dye's cabin at least you know for the next few. Months. R.I.P. Gator
0: Dog. (laughs) All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the VolQuest.com Mailbag Podcast. For Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us, and thanks again to our friends at Blue Water Climate Control.